and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Before we get started, I just have to let you know that I'm a liar. I told you on the In a Holidays episode that I was getting a microphone for Christmas. And the thing is, I did get a microphone for Christmas. However, there was a misunderstanding between me and my mom, and I got the wrong microphone for Christmas. So... And I can't get the right one in until January 7th or something like that. So the next two or three episodes, because I already have one recorded with this headset microphone, um, which is probably going to be next week, but maybe won't be. I don't know. We'll find out, right? Um, So you still have to deal with this, and I still have to deal with this. So hopefully this is a good one, because I literally wanted to cry when I, like, literally I almost did when I was editing the In a Holidays episode, because... I did not have time to do it again, and the audio quality was just so bad, and part of it was because my family was running in and out of the door with the, and turning the cars on and off and kind of yelling, and y- you can kind of tell that's going on, but you don't know what it is. It's just kind of these weird background noises, and my closet, so I recorded my room, and my room is directly above the door, so that doesn't really help, so hopefully this is better. That's not why we're here today. We are here today for me to do my 2020 wrap-up. What is a 2020 wrap-up, you ask? Let me tell you what it is. So basically, I'm going to talk about all the books I read this year. I'm going to kind of give you a breakdown of how many books I read, what type of books I read, and then I'm going to tell you about my favorite and my least favorite books that I read. I'm really excited. I've been thinking about this episode since basically I started the podcast, which sounds odd but it just seems something really fun for me to do and also with the holidays and everything like that it was kind of hard to get a lot of reading in I also just want to clarify that this was recorded on December 28th so it's very likely that there may be half of another book that I read or something like that but it's just not going to make it into this podcast count episode whatever you want to call it so without further ado let's get started talking about my book totals And then I'll break it down by genre and then get into the favorites and least favorites of the year. So here's the thing, though. It's kind of hard for me to put a number on how many books I read for multiple reasons. One of the reasons is that uh, at the beginning of 2020, I was still in college. So I was reading books for my classes and I did not include those towards my book total, even though I did read the entirety of that book or the majority, depending. I had one book that was 700 pages and I read like 400 of them. That feels to me as though I read that book. Also, half of the stuff wasn't relevant. Anyways, another thing that's difficult is that I read a lot on my phone, which I've mentioned. And I don't talk about the books I read on my phone on this podcast for a multitude of reasons. One of them is that they're all basically romances and I read them in one to two days. I read them very, very quickly. And to me, it is These are just things that I'm reading for fun, and I just have no desire to tell anybody about them. If you also read romance novels on your phone for fun, you might know where I'm coming from. If not, that's fine. Just, it doesn't really matter. So I'm going to tell you kind of how many books I might have read on my phone, but I'm not including that towards my book total that I'm going to talk about. And yeah, so let's just get into it. I counted... And I read a total of 51 books this year. Two of these books were actually ebooks that I am going to count. And that's because they were um, not just like a fun, fluffy read that didn't really matter. I read a academic nonfiction and a classic on my phone. And I'm going to get into that. So yeah, I read 51 books total. Eight of these were rereads, I think. Um... Yeah, I think eight were rereads just kind of during uh, the beginning of the year. I didn't have a lot of books, so I was just rereading other ones. And then Bobby sent me the Harley Merlin books. And from there, my TBR list just kind of took off. And so I've mostly been doing, um, we're reading new books to me. So yeah, 51 books total. And now I'm going to go through and kind of break it down by genre. And also before I do that, though, I just want to say I'm so proud of my 51 book total. And even if you take out the two ebooks, that's 49 books. And that's really good in my personal opinion, because my goal is to read about a book a week. And this is about a book a week. So I'm really proud of myself. I think I did a good job. I'm also like, 
to me, if I were to have read like a hundred books or something like that, well, I definitely did read over a hundred books, as you will see when I talk about the ebooks I read. But that's just, anyways, whatever. Let's get into that. So I'm proud of my 51 books total. That's probably what I'll be aiming for for next year. I don't really set reading goals. Some people will say, I want to read X amount of books, or I want to read this genre, or I want to do something. You know what I mean? I don't really have those goals. I'm just reading is a hobby for me. It's just something I find to be fun. And setting goals on something you think is fun, like reading to me, just kind of defeats the purpose of it. But you do you. If you have reading goals, go for it. If you don't, I totally get that too. So I then broke down all the books I read in order of like their genre. And I classified these myself. I didn't like look at them specifically and go, okay, so this is classified as blah, blah, blah. I just did the classifications myself because I wanted to. I couldn't be bothered to do all that research. So my top genre that I read this year was fantasy, which is probably not a big surprise if you are a longtime listener of my podcast, considering I have read 10 Harley Merlin books. So I did nine of them in my Halloween special back in October, and I just finished last yesterday the 10th book, which is the first book in the Finch Merlin spinoff series of it. So 10 out of that 18 were Harley Merlin books, and I love fantasy. It's probably my favorite genre other than romance. Those two are probably my favorite, and you see the, you see that reflected in the podcast because I talk about them a lot. And my second, going off of that, my second most read genre was romance with 10 books, and then it's 11 if you count the reread. I read one of my romance books twice this year, once in uh, January and once in December, so 10 or 11, depending if you're going to count that one book twice. Then I read five literary slash contemporary fiction novels, so you know, just like the books that are just like books that don't fit into any of the other categories kind of gets put in there, and then I read five young adults, three sci-fi, which I do want to say my very first episode was titled, was about The Space Between Us by Micaiah Johnson. Oh man, I should have looked up her name because I said it right in the episode I did on it because it was my first episode. Anyways, I apologize, but I, the title of that episode was my first sci-fi book in eight years. And it turns out that I've also been reading the Reckoner series, which if you listen to when did I, I think if you listened to the deadly, a uh, deadly education episode, then I talked about reading firefight. I can't remember exactly if that was right or not. I think it is. And it turns out that that is actually a sci-fi series, which I didn't realize. So actually I was a liar because I had read Steelheart before I read the space between worlds, but who knew? So I read three sci-fi, which was a record for me probably. I read two mysteries slash thriller. Thinking back about it, it's they were probably more thrillers than mystery, but I kind of just lumped that, that category together. I read two middle grade, which if you don't know what middle grade is, it's like book middle school fiction. Fiction? Is that a thing? So it's books that are written for middle schoolers, basically. And those are both fantasies. So if you want, I could have put them in fantasy to get to a total of 20, but I put them in middle grade instead. I read one historical fiction, except for the fact that one of the things I categorized as literary slash contemporary fiction was categorized on Book of the Month as historical fiction. So maybe I could change those numbers up, but I didn't. I read one narrative nonfiction book, which I never read. Basically, I don't know if I came up with that category or not, but I'm going to talk about this book because it was one of my faves of the year. It was Big Friendship by... Amina Tao So and Ann Friedman, and they have their own podcast called, I think it's called Call Your Girlfriend. And the two of them talk about like how they became friends and then the struggles of their friendship and stuff like that, which I'm going to talk about a lot later. But so that book was kind of, yeah, it was a narrative nonfiction because they were telling their story, but they were also talking about research and friendships in general and stuff like that. Then getting in the, these last two in my count are the two ebooks that I read and counted towards my 51 book total. And the first is an academic nonfiction, which I read How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, which I'm sure you've probably heard of. That book popped off after, like in the aftermath of George Floyd, everybody was really wanting to do self-education on 
Black Lives Matter and more specifically just racism and anti-racism in general. And so Kendi is kind of the creator of the anti-racist term and like stuff like that. So basically he wrote this entire book talking about how to be an anti-racist. So talking about all the different facets of racism and says that the counterpart of racism is not not being racist, but being anti-racist. So actively working against racism. It was a really good book. I would definitely recommend it for anybody who is trying to educate themselves on that topic, but feels kind of, I don't know if hesitant's the right word, but this is, you're just beginning out, you're a beginner, you need some explanations, and you also don't want to feel like, I don't want to say bad about yourself, because the thing with this book in specific is that I think this is a great book for anybody to read, because I think he does a great job of making this accessible to everybody. And it definitely, it took me probably two or so weeks to get through. I would read a chapter or two a day. And it was just great to kind of put myself in this position of, okay, I'm here to learn. I'm here to educate myself. And I just like, I think it definitely helped me. And it was a great read. Definitely would recommend it. And then I read one classic. And the classic I read was Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, because a lot of people read that book in school, but I had never read it in school. So I was like, kind of interested because I'd always kind of heard about it and thought it was an interesting idea. And I wanted to watch the movie with Kira Knightley, but I didn't want to watch it before I read the book. And we were in quarantine. I think I read it probably in April. I thought, why not? And that also took me at least a week or so to read, which is another reason they're kind of counted in this total is that they took longer and they were more deliberate reads. And so, yeah, I read one classic this year, which is shocking because I don't read classics on my own literally almost ever. So, yeah, and I really did like Pride and Prejudice a lot. I had a good time with it. I also read three and a half books for class. So this is now we're out of the book total. I read half of George W. Bush's memoir. Memoir. Sorry, I can't speak because I was in a presidency class. And so we were reading his memoir to kind of hear like a firsthand account of like what it's like to be president and like presidential powers and stuff like that. So if anybody's in the neighborhood and wants his memoir, please let me know because I do not want it. And I still have it because I wasn't able to return my books. And then I also read three other books for that class. And I'm going to talk about one of them later. I also did not finish one book. So I DNF'd one book. So DNF means to not finish. And that was Prince of Thorns by Mark Lawrence. This was a recommendation I got from one of my friends. And it's a fantasy book, which I normally really like. But I only got, I didn't even finish the second chapter because I really did not like it. The main character is 13, but he's going on these like raids of villages where he's raping women at 13 and to me I was just like really not into that so I did not finish that book and I do not plan and I so here's the thing I never dnf physical copies of books if I'm reading something on my phone and I just don't like it I'm reading it for free and there's absolutely no harm in me just stop reading it because I just don't care I'm like whatever but when I pay for a book I even if I don't like it I'm gonna finish it so I, um, I've only ever DNF'd one other book that I bought, and that was, hmm, I don't know the title of it, but it was the first book in the Shattered Realm series, and I don't want to spoil it. Normally, you know, I'm all about the spoilers, but I DNF'd it after about 50 pages because of something that happened that made me very upset based on the first series. So don't really want to get into that, and that was a long time ago, but yeah, so I DNF'd that one book, and then... um. Now is the more difficult thing. Books on my phone. So I read on two main places on my phone. I read on Wattpad. So, yep, go ahead and laugh if you know what that is. But I read there quite a lot. Not as much as I used to because this year I discovered the Books app on my phone. So if you have an iPhone, you have the Books app unless you deleted it off your phone, which I wouldn't blame you. And there are so many books on there that you can read for free which I discovered. And a lot of them are like the first in like a long series and the authors put the first book up for free. And also this is where I got Pride and Prejudice because classics, you can get all of those for free on there too. And so that was like a great discovery. And it also tells you how many books you read. So here's the, I don't know if this is embarrassing, but as of yesterday, when I made this whole thing, and I don't think I read anything yesterday. So the books app is telling me I read 102 books 
this year. And here's the thing. I reread some of the books two or three times, and some of them were also box sets that would have anywhere from three to ten books in there. So really, 150, that might be too high, 130 might be a more accurate number of how many books I read on the books app. And there's no way I could tell you how many books I read on Wattpad. I just don't know. I DNF a lot of books on Wattpad, though, because like I'll start them and I'm like, this sucks. And there's no- I lost nothing except my time. And that's okay with me because I'm reading just to fill the time sometimes. You know what I mean? So I read a lot of books this year. I also want to say that I read 12 books by authors of color, which that was something that I kind of was trying to do was to read more books by diverse authors. I'm going to try and do that in the new year. I'm not off to a good start because all the books I got for Christmas are by white authors. So that's not really off to a great start, but I'm going to attempt to find books by diverse authors that I want to read. And then that number is also not including Lee Bardugo or any of Naomi Novik's books. Both of them are Jewish, I think, like at least they have one parent who is Jewish. So I don't know if they are practicing or if it's anything like that, but I did not include them in that total. Maybe I should have, I couldn't really decide. So that was four for them. So if you put all that together, that was 16. But so that's kind of a basic overview, basic of all the books that I read this year. So did I read a lot of books on my phone? Yes, yes, I did. If you've ever met me in person, you have probably seen me reading on my phone at least once. Like I do it all the time, but that's another thing. So let's move on to the second part of this episode, which is me talking about my best and worst books of the year. I also have a second or a third category of two books that I want to talk about just because I need to talk about them. I don't know if that makes sense. So I'm going to start with the best work, best books, then go into that third category and then the worst books. I'll do a disclaimer before the worst books as well, but all of this I just want to say is my opinion, blah, 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 blah. Like, you can have different opinions from me of if you hated a book I loved or if you loved a book I hated. Some of the books I have on my worst books of 2020 list are probably going to be controversial. And so what can I say about that? But let's get into it. So I kind of split my best books of 2020 list into two. So I have four at the top, and then four other books that are contenders. Because when I was first making this list, I was like, only the best of the best can I put on my best books list. So I came up with four. And then I said, "Hmm, four doesn't seem high enough. I also want to say that I did not include any of the books I reread this year towards either any of these lists. Because I reread Bringing Down the Duke, which if you listen to my A Rogue of One's own episode, you know is my favorite book I read in 2019. And I still love it so much, even after the second read, maybe even more after the second read. And so this would be on this list, but I feel like it doesn't count because I've already read it before. So best books of 2020, here we go. The first book is Magic Lessons by Alice Hoffman. So Three, yeah. So this one I talked about has its whole own episode. And if you want to know a lot about it, you should definitely go check out that episode. But the reason I loved Magic Lessons is that it was just so different from anything that I have ever read. And it was so beautiful. Something that I talked about in that episode is that the prose was very different than my own. It was very paragraph heavy. Does that make sense? Like there wasn't a lot of dialogue. And it was very beautiful talking about setting or talking about ingredients and different herbal remedies and stuff like that. And I just loved it. That was one of my favorite parts. And I don't know, that book was just so good. It was the only historical fiction book that I read, unless you count um, The Vanishing Half, which I'm going to talk about later. But so I don't know, it just really stood out to me. It was really, really good. I just, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but like that book was so good. Like I still think about it. And I feel like that's kind of what separates my top of the list from the bottom of the list is how much I kind of think about it still. And I don't know, that book was just at the top of the list, one of the best books I read this year. But probably the best book I read this year was Big Friendship, How We Keep Each Other Close by Amina Tauso and Anne Friedman. So I talked about it at the beginning of this episode, or maybe the middle, I don't know. But basically, this is a book co-written by these two friends. 
And it talk it kind of tells us all about their friendship from how they met and that initial spark and like knowing they wanted to be friends to them moving, them getting new jobs, them deciding to start a podcast together, and then kind of their friendship a little bit falling apart. But that tension of they still work together, so their friendship still needs to work because their podcast is all about them being friends, right? So that's really a weird place to be in. And then how they have worked on their friendship and built it and grown it since, excuse me, since that moment. And this book was so good. First of all, one thing they talk about a lot in this book is that we don't talk about how important friendships are. When you read books or consume media or anything like that, a lot of times the focus and a lot of academic research, the focus is on romantic relationships or familiar relationships. You don't see a lot of focus on friendships, which is odd because everybody's had a friend. Well, I feel like almost everybody has had a friend at some point in their life, whether they have friends now or not. At some point, you've had a friend, and these friendships mean a lot. Not having friendships is very devastating. Having friendships is very meaningful. How they change, evolve, how you lose friends and gain friends, that impacts who you are as a person, and it's so important. Honestly, this is the book, out of every book I read this year, this is the one book that I think everybody needs to read because I would read it, and it helped bring clarity to some of the friendships I've had in the past or that I still have today. And it and I read it in July, or maybe the beginning of August, I think in July. And that's like in the midst of quarantine. I haven't seen any of my friends in months or anything like that. And it was just so good. I had wanted to buy a copy for all of my close friends. However, it was too expensive for me to do that. So I did not. But I 100% recommend reading this book if you have a friendship in your life or if you want to have one. Like, I think it was just very, it was just a very good read. And I think you all need to read it. The next book is probably actually the first book that I read this year, Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik. So I did talk about one of her other books on the podcast, A Deadly Education, but Spinning Silver makes the best books of 2020 list because I still think about it today. And it is a fantasy book, which is a loose, very loose retelling of the Rumpelstiltskin story. So the loose part of it is that the main character, Miriam, can turn silver to gold and originally it's just that she her family is um loners what is that word called they like give people loans and then they get them back or whatever I don't remember what it's called and her dad was really bad at it and they were like super poor so she decides to take over the trade and she goes and gets their money back and she starts making all this money and there is this mystical people these fae people maybe called the Stark and the Stark King comes to her and asks her to change his silver into gold. And so that's kind of like where the story goes. And there's some different perspectives from some different people. I don't want to spoil it. I'm trying for the best books. I'm trying not to spoil them for the worst books. I'm probably am going to spoil them because I can't tell you why I hated those books without spoiling them. So that's just like disclaimer right there, but it was really good. I think part of the reason it was so good is it was so different. Like she took a story that we all know, Rumpelstiltskin, and completely spun it, spinning silver on its head. And just like what else was great was that I thought that all of the leads had very interesting personalities and they weren't just like caricatures or chosen one trope or generic bad guy or anything like that. And you could be rooting for lots of different characters at once and maybe even different characters than someone else. And I just thought it was really good. I loved it. It was super good. 100% would recommend that if you're looking for a fantasy book that's a bit different than just your generic witches and wizards and whatever. Then um, my next favorite book, and these aren't technically in any order. I just kind of wrote them down. But then is The Star-Crossed Sisters of Tuscany by Laurie Nelson Spielman. That has its own episode as well. And I would definitely recommend listening to that episode if you're interested in this book, but oh my god, that book was so good. Basically, it is about this family where all second-born daughters are cursed to never find love, and two second-born daughters that are cousins and their great aunt, who is also a second-born daughter, go to Italy to try and break the curse. And it was just so wonderful. Like you go into it thinking it's a romance, and it kind of is, 
but also it's so much about the character development and growth of Amelia. And there was just different aspects of Amelia that I saw in myself, which helped me really connect with the story in another way. And also most of the story set in Italy. So that was fun for me to get away and kind of like be in a new place in a new world. And you know what I mean when I'm stuck living in my house and not really going anywhere. So that was, I definitely, I love that. That was so great. Then to my next four, which are kind of like the next tier best books. I wanted to put some romances on here. So I have both Beach Read by Emily Hem- Henry and Ties That Tether by Jane Agaro. I'm going to talk about Ties That Tether first. That has its own episode. And I read that book in two days. It was really short and it was really good. And I devoured it. It was so good. It's about the main character, Azere, who falls in love with a white man. And she's Nigerian and she's promised her father before he died that she would marry a Nigerian Edo man. And she struggles with that, with being in love with Raphael, but also having trying to have a relationship with her mom and like with this promise she's made to her dad. And I really liked that book. It was great. But one thing is like, do you ever read a book and it's like so great and then you forget about it? Does that make sense? This book kind of had that quality where I loved it when I was reading it and I'll definitely read it again, but it's not a book that sticks with you as much. And so I don't do, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I don't do star ratings. A lot of people in the book community do from one to five. I talked about this in one of the past episodes I just did. I can't remember which one. And so like some people say like five is best of the best and then four is a good book but it just maybe doesn't stick with you like a five-star book does. And so like, I kind of understand that, but I don't do stars because I think they're very constraining and they're very subjective and they mean different things to different people. So it's kind of like odd. Anyways, I really did like Ties That Tether though, because mostly because I had just read a bunch of books where I didn't feel the chemistry between the main characters and the chemistry between the two main characters was explosive. Then Beach Read by Emily Henry was another romance I read back in April. It was my April book of the month pick. And it is about, it's kind of an enemies to lovers romance, but very light on the enemies in my opinion. And it's about these two people who knew each other in college. They were there for creative writing. And now they're both authors with writer's block that end up living next door for the summer. And they decide to swap genres and write each other's genre. And then they end up falling in love, obviously. This book was great. I like loved the relationship between the two of them. One of the other reasons I loved it was the main character's best friend reminded me of my best friend. So I loved that aspect of just like seeing our relationship in the book. And then also what was great is just that there were some heavy hitting topics that both characters dealt with that I just love to see that in a romance that it's not just about the chemistry between the two people and them falling in love, but also that they're dealing with real world issues then this book, here's the thing. The next one I've got is Blood Air by Amelie Wen Zhao. I got this book for Christmas last year in 2019. I'm 98% sure I read it in January at school, but I'm not 100% sure. But I really like this book. It was a fantasy where people in the world, some of them have powers where they can manipulate something. So some people have like an earth things they can manipulate earth or anything like that or like water or whatever right and our main character is the princess and it's kind of to me russian-esque because it's like the czar and stuff like that and just reminded me and she's got like a russian name i don't remember her name now but because i read this book so long ago but the second book comes out in march so i'll be talking about this book probably in march or maybe february or april i don't know but anyways she has a blood affinity so she can manipulate blood which makes her very dangerous so she's been hidden away in the castle and then her father is killed and people think that she did it so she has to run away and she ends up getting help with getting or lining with this thief and one of the reasons I love this book is because the main guy character just reminds me of my favorite sort of main guy character in fantasy novels which is just kind of like uh, what what words I want to use he's more of like the sarcastic thief turned good guy sort of thing. I don't know if that makes sense, but I really love that trope. So like if you've ever read the seven realms series, Han Alistair, that's what I'm wanting. Like the Percy Jackson vibes, like Percy Jackson was never like a thief or anything like that, but that sarcastic, like 
they're not a bad boy, but like maybe they are, but not, they're not. You know what I mean? Anyways, I love that vibe. And then the last one on this list is The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. And the reason why I made this list is just because it was so different than what I thought it would be. And it just pleasantly surprised me so much. I picked it thinking it would be okay. And I actually really enjoyed it a lot. This is the one, this is my first episodes about this. It's uh, there's a alternate alternate universes and there's a way to travel between them. And the main character is a traverser travels between the worlds and some crazy stuff happens. I need to pause this because I need to go to the bathroom. So I'll be right back. So those were my favorite books or best books of 2020. And before we get into the worst books, I have this other category with only two books in it that I just want to touch on really quickly. So I didn't title this, but to me, this is kind of like books that were important for me to read books that I feel like might be the next great American novel. But this did not mean that I absolutely love these books. Did I like both of these books? Yes. Were they difficult to read? Kind of. Do everybody love these books? Yes, they do, which is why I feel like I need to talk about them. So the two books are Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. So NG, if that's not the correct way to say it, I apologize. And then the other book is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. The Vanishing Half was actually this year's book of the year for book of the month. And then Little Fires Everywhere, I think in 2018, was one of the five uh, finalists for the book of the year award for book of the month. I don't know. I wasn't part of book of the month back in 2018, but so both of these books to me were similar, even though they aren't at all about the same things, if that makes sense. So little fires everywhere is about this like white suburban family and then a new single mom and her daughter move in next door. And then just kind of the tensions that revolve around these relationships between the white mom who thinks she's super progressive but really isn't and then this uh, the single mom and then also there is a um court case going on that the two families kind of find themselves on opposite sides and then the vanishing half is about two twin sisters who are black but are very light-skinned and one of them decides to pass as white and the other one doesn't and then kind of about how their lives go and then they both have a daughter so there's two they both have one daughter and then the daughters end up meeting and then kind of those intersections with all of that as well and so both of these books were books that I thought ended up being important for me to read because especially with Little Fires Everywhere it kind of put me in the shoes of oh I'm a white progressive am I a white progressive like the main lady in this book or what and kind of like how can I be better and do better and then The Vanishing Half was just kind of interesting and a good read and important to read just kind of based on like what race relations were like in, I mean, like, I think this book spanned from the 60s to the 80s, maybe. I can't remember exactly, but just kind of like what life was like at that time, if you were black or if you weren't black and kind of like the tensions and everything that was going on with that. So in those ways, these books were really good to read but I didn't have the most enjoyable time reading them which is kind of where I'm going a little bit outside of the norm because these books are beloved everybody's loved them everyone thought that they are amazing and with Little Fires Everywhere I hated all of the characters and then with The Vanishing Half there was only one storyline that I was actually interested in which for me is why they weren't like best books I read this year but I'm glad I read them because they are important and I just kind of wanted to give a little section there. I definitely think these are books that will be the next great American novels and will be things that are read in high schools in like 10 to 20 years or something like that. I think I can definitely see that as something that's going to happen. So now let's move on to probably my favorite parts of uh, videos and episodes like this. The worst books of 2020 in my personal opinion Obviously, like I said, disclaimer, just one more time for two things that this is my personal opinion. Please don't get offended if I hate on one of your favorite books. Just because I hated a book does not mean that it is a bad book or that you can't like it. Also, I am going to spoil these books because a lot of the reasons why I didn't like them is tied up in parts of the plot that could be considered spoilers. So I'll say the book name and then if you don't want that book to be spoiled, then skip ahead. I don't know how long, but we'll figure it out. So first off, I just want to start 
with a book that I read for class that I absolutely hated. It has to be on this list because I don't think I've ever read a book for class that I hated more than this book. So that book would be The Once and Future King by Frank H. Buckley. This is a book about this Canadian academic political science. I read it for political science class on the president's or presidency in general, American presidency. Anyways, this guy is tracing like the root of presidential power and then how he sees it being expanded. And he's basically making an argument that the president was meant to be kind of a king figure, even though he wasn't. And that he has that the presidents in general will trend towards becoming more powerful and become kings again, if that makes sense. I didn't like this book for a lot of reasons. At the beginning, I found it enjoyable because it was telling me things I didn't know about the creation of the Constitution, which I thought was interesting. But as we got into it, I don't know if it's because I'm American or because of my political party views or if it just sucked, like why I hated this book so much. But like, I didn't agree with literally anything he said ever. Like literally everything he said, I was like, no, that's just not true. Like, I just can't agree with you on that. And my professor said that people either love this book or hate this book. And I was definitely in the hate that book camp. I don't think any of my listeners are people that are like, just going to go pick up this book and read it. Like, are just going to pick up a random political science academic book and read it. But this is one I definitely would not recommend. If you are looking for recommendations for more academic political science books, I have read a lot of good ones. So let me know and I'll hook you up. Then the next two I'm going to just very briefly talk about because they have episodes sort of dedicated to them. And these are Harley Merlin books four and seven, which if you listen to my Halloween specials, you know, I did not like these books. Four was the worst. It might have been the worst book I read all year. I, no, I don't know. And seven, I didn't like either for a different reason. So this would be Harley Merlin. Four is the Harley Merlin and the First Ritual. And these are both by Bella Forrest. And seven is Harley Merlin and the Detector Fix. I didn't like the fourth one because I hated, hated the second point of view of Astrid. I could not stand anything that she was saying at all. I did not like her. I had no issues with her until we were in her head and she was hating on Wade. And that just really turned me off. And she was trying to date Garrett. You guys know I hate. I did not like him. And so, and like... Alton was so dumb and it just made me so mad the entire time I read this book I was just so mad at it and then seven I didn't like because Wade was what we find out that Wade was under a curse the entire time which is why he was horribly mean to Harley and then tried to kill her but it was just very difficult to read because I was like what the heck is happening why are my main two like what's going on here right and that's why I didn't like seven because I just got so upset also I didn't really care as much for the second storyline of Jacob falling in love with this Surrey girl who ends up as just playing him I could totally tell that she was playing with him and like I just didn't like that book that much then the next one I'm also going to kind of gloss over is the life in medieval times of Kit Sweetly by Jamie Pafton <laughs> if you have listened to any of my first probably six or seven episodes then you know I hate this book the literal title of that episode is I hated the main character because Kitsy sweetly absolutely sucks. I hated her so much. She was a horrible friend. Like, and then I just couldn't connect with her at all. I didn't like anything about her. The romance in that book was subpar. It did not make sense why she was getting with Jet when he didn't like her like that, in my personal opinion. And I also just had issues with how the author chose to portray Kit and her family making them poor, but making them make decisions that, in my personal opinion, somebody whose house is getting foreclosed upon would not make with their money. But like I said in that episode, I don't know because I have not lived that experience. But to me, it just seemed unrealistic that Kit would spend all her money on coffee when she's read this letter, her house is getting foreclosed upon, and that she's like, I need money for college, but I'm only going to work once a week. I don't know, guys. It just didn't make sense to me. And I hated Kit and I did not like her at all. And if you want to hear more, like a more thorough explanation of why I did not like that book, definitely go check out that episode. I think I explain it more succinctly and better than I am right now, just because I've tried to not try to block that book out of my mind, which there's one other book I 
have to block out of my mind because if I think about it, I can't sleep because I just get so mad. And that book, well, we're going to get to it. Should you? Yeah. Okay. I'll do it next. So these next two are books that I actually read in December of 2019. However, I did not like them and they are so popular and I just feel like being controversial and I want to talk about them. So the first one, the one that I have to block out of my memory is American Royals by Catherine McGee. I read this book when I went to Florida for four days to visit my grandma and Bobby with my siblings. And I read it on the plane and while we were on the beach and then finished it on the plane ride back. And I wish I had never read this book in my life. So this book is about what if instead of uh, becoming a representative democracy that we are in America, America became a um, monarchy and George Washington was the first king and it follows the three royal siblings. So the oldest is a girl named Beatrice and she will be the first queen because they recently changed it where women can inherit the throne instead of just men. And then she, her two younger siblings are twins and I didn't like this book for a multitude of reasons. The first reason is the love triangle. And actually, you know what? Love triangle is plural because there was a love triangle between the brother and two girls. And one of the girls was like really mean and evil, but somehow still gets him in the end. And then the other love triangle is between the sisters and this dude because the oldest sister is like being forced to be engaged to somebody, but she's actually in love with her bodyguard. And the younger sister's in love with the man that the older sister's being forced to be engaged to. And I don't even want to talk about it because it makes me so mad. And I thought maybe I should get the second book. So I saw it in Barnes & Noble one day. And this is a spoiler for the second book too. So if you don't want it to be spoiled, don't listen for the next like 30 seconds. But like, just like press the 30 second skip button. Oh my God, I flipped to the end. And at the end of the second book, the older sister has fallen in love with the man that she's supposed to be engaged to instead of the bodyguard that she's in love with. And I don't like what? So she, I literally, I can't even talk about it. It gets me heated. And there was other reasons I didn't like it other than these love triangle reasons, but that was the main reason. And it makes me so upset. And I wish I could erase this book from my memory because I hate it so much. The other book, ironically, that I also read in December of last year was Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, which this book is so popular now. So basically, this book is an enemies to lovers where the president's son falls in love with the Prince of England, which sounds like a fun, like a fun time, right? And so then they have to like hide their relationship because um, the Prince of England's probably not supposed to be gay. And probably shouldn't be dating the president's son, which fun it one of the fun parts is that the president in this book is a woman. So it's the son's mom who's the president, not his dad. His dad's like a senator and the two of them are divorced or whatever. Anyways, but then the author used a lot of like what happened in 2016 kind of as uh to base off the for the book to be based off of around or for the premise. So you have an email scandal that happens, which was just so predictable, and like the president's supposed to sort of be based off of if Hillary Clinton had won and anything like that. So like, I thought that this would be a fun read, but it just fell flat for me. Like I didn't hate this book, like some of the other books on here that I hated, but this book really just fell flat for me in a way that it didn't for others. The first thing is that this book is 400 pages and I read it in two days, but only because it was winter break and I had nothing to do like literally nothing. I kept putting it down and being like, is there anything else I could do right now? And then there was nothing for me to do. So I had to keep reading it. So you know how it be sometimes. So that was one of the things. And like, it was slow. It was very slow building. I was bored. Like it, there was just a lot of plot that didn't really need to be there. And it just like, was kind of slow. I just didn't really like it that much. It was kind of below average. I mean, I liked the idea of it. I liked, you know, oh, we should have, you know, like LGBTQ romance books and just books in general. So that was great. But like, it just did not hit the mark for me. And people absolutely love this book. Like I hear people talking about how much they love it all the time. And so I just had to include it because I did not love it like most people do. And then the last book on my worst books of 2020 list is a book you might recognize me talking about before. And that's The Boyfriend Project by Farah Rochin. Bochan. 
I don't know. So this is one of the books that inspired me to actually make this podcast. So in a way, I'm grateful for it, but it was definitely probably the worst romance book I read this year because the romance was boring. So what is this book about? It had so much potential, you guys. So much potential. These three girls find out that they all were dating the same guy when one of them is live-tweeting the first date she's on and how disastrous it is. And it's like they've all only been dating him. One of them is the first date. Uh, The main character, Sammy, has been dating him for maybe like three weeks and the other girl for like a month or a month and a half. So it's not like they've been dating him very long or anything. But he's been seeing all of them and they're all under the assumption that it's like exclusive or whatever so they all end up showing up at the restaurant that the one girl is on the first date with him and like confront him and their confrontation goes viral and so the three of them make a pact that like for the next six months they're going to focus on like themselves and the things that they have wanted to do instead of boys and not date but then samia meets this really cute guy at work and they start dating and i didn't like this book for many reasons The first reason is the romance also fell flat for me in this one. Like, the main guy's name is Daniel, and I just didn't care for him for multiple reasons I'll get into. But, like, it was just odd. The pacing was really weird in this book, where, like, the transitions between scenes and between, like, weeks of a time just didn't exist, and they were very odd. Like, it would be like, okay, they're hanging out at her house, and now it's two weeks later, and they're hanging out at his house. But, like, it was just weird the pacing was weird i didn't care about the romance at the end so it turns out that then you do know this at the beginning because it's dual perspective but the main guy actually works for the treasury department in their like secret service section i don't know if it's called secret service but like he's like investigating financial like fraud and stuff like that and he ends up using samia's work card to like get into this restricted area to like catch the bad guy but because her card is used she ends up like it's explained away that it's like she'd been offered this other job within the company to run the charity things instead of doing like programming or whatever she does and she turns it down so she can focus on like creating her app but like it's explained that she has to lose her programming job because she can no longer have access to those things because daniel stole her thing and basically lost it Like, if she hadn't had this offer of the charity job, she would have lost her job because he did this. And that's just, like, not okay by me. You know what I mean? I didn't like that. Their relationship was boring. Like, I didn't care about it. The only parts I cared about were the friendship parts. This book could have been much better, in my personal opinion, if it was restructured where there was three point of views, one from each of the women from the friends. And we see, like, them each trying to go on their merry ways of, like, doing these new things in their lives. And then you could still have the romance with Sammy and Daniel, but it just wouldn't be as prevalent or the main part of the book. And it would have been so much better because there was so much potential. I loved the scenes with the friends. Hated any scene. I didn't hate, but the scenes with just Daniel were boring. So one thing I will say is that you might really like this book if you are a black female professional, because a lot of parts of this book talked about Sammy, the struggle of being the one black woman in the office for Samia and how she had to um, always be extra professional and always do better than expected because if she didn't, then that's just an excuse in the future to not hire another black woman or anything like that. So if you kind of have lived that struggle or can have a connection to it there, then maybe you would like this book more than I did because that part then you might connect with and like could outweigh some of the negatives. Like, That was something that I thought was good representation to have, but all the negatives outweigh that positive for me and the positive with the friends. So that's why it's made its way onto the worst books of 2020 list. And also, like I said, this, that book inspired my podcast because I just wanted to talk about how I would rewrite that book to make it better, which made me think maybe I should start a podcast. And I never did an episode on that book, but if you would like more than what I just said there, let me know and I'd be happy to do an episode, although I will not reread it. I will just be telling you things from my memory of how then I would do it better than the author, which sounds very arrogant, but whatever. So before we close this out, I just want to kind of touch base on my podcast and where I'm hoping to go in 2021. So I'm hoping to still do episodes every week, although 
I think there will probably be a point in the kind of far off future where it might end up being three books a month plus one something else, where whether that be me talking about tropes that I like or hate or I don't know, something else in general that has to do with books and reading, but isn't specifically about a book I read that month. So maybe more episodes like this, which there will be a 20 or a 2021 wrap up at the end of next year, because I've had a lot of fun doing this and I'd love to do it again. And so I kind of see that as going on in the future. There will be a new microphone, so better audio quality. And I hope to kind of build my following. Like I've said in the past, this is not about the listens for me. This is something that I'm just trying to enjoy doing. And like, I'm learning new skills. Like I'm learning how to be an Instagrammer. So I go follow my Instagram at I read a book once blog, but also like learning more of these editing skills on audacity in a way that I could use those skills for a job in the future. It's just a way for me to also think critically about the books that I'm reading instead of just reading for fun. But that's not to say that I don't want more listens on my podcast. So I'm hoping for to kind of build that following. If you're curious what my most listened to episode is from this year, it would be um, my Anxious People episode by Frederick Bachman. So that was called A Bridge, A Bank Robber, and A Bunch of Idiots, I think is what I titled it. And that's my most listened to episode, which isn't surprising because that's probably the most popular book I've read and reviewed or talked about since starting my podcast. Um, Numbers have kind of slipped since the holiday season, but I'm hoping to bring them back up there. If you have any ideas on how I can improve my podcast, or if you have responses to any of my best or worst books that I have read this year, if you feel the same, if you feel different. If you want to tell me what you're thinking of reading in 2021, or if you have any ideas for what I should read in 2021, let me know. You can DM me on my Instagram at I read a book once blog, or you can email me at to what the heck you can send an email to I read a book once blog at gmail.com. Also go check out my website. I read a book once blog.com. I'm hoping to try and get a blog post up before the end of the year, just cause I've got some time off. And, um, I'm not sure what I'm going to be talking about next week. There are some options. So you'll find out next week what the heck I'm talking about. But I just want to say a big thank you to everybody listening to this episode, whether this is your first episode or you've been listening the entire time or anywhere in between. I appreciate all the love that different people have given me and just even just listening. It means a lot to me. I just want to thank you. And I hope you'll definitely come back again in the future. And yeah, just thanks a lot. And uh, I know we're all glad 2020 is about over or is over, depending when you're listening to this. So let's just try and bring in 2021 strong and just live our best lives. I'll catch you guys next time.